Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Monday morning. Welcome to the week. Glad to have you with us here today on this podcast. We appreciate you listening wherever you're listening uh, to us and however you're listening to us, be it at supertalk.fm or one of the many, many apps you can find our podcast on. We appreciate you guys listening, especially our great service men and women out there taking care of us. We also want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are Starkville's first, best, only coffee house, as far as I'm concerned. Those other places, they're not even on the radar. Nobody takes care of you the way Strange Brew does. Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, the best ice cream in town. You're, you're wasting your time if you go anywhere else. So check them out over there on Highway 12, our good friends and our sponsor. Ah, uh, yeah. Joel, <laughs> now that that's out of the way, now that that's gone, I, I the, the number of tweets we got last night saying, "Oh, brother, I can't." Yeah, it's almost like they were. It's like it's like a car wreck. Nobody wants to look, but everybody was looking. So we'll just get right into it. Before we do anything else, Joel T, you've had a few hours to reflect. Trip home from Alabama. I hope that you can tell me what's causing all that. I can't. For the first time in the history of Thunder and Lightning, I don't know where to start. Okay. That's that's not great. I mean, yeah, I could pick some things. Mm-hmm. The, the fact of the matter is, what we just watched in Auburn was arguably... Uh, and, and look, I, I sat through Maine. I sat through... Uh, I've sat through a bunch of crap, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was possibly, and you could throw some out there, sure. You know, you're older than me. You, you've seen more. Uh, th- that has to be, what, top five most embarrassing Mississippi State performances ever. Ooh, uh... I mean, I know you're playing the top 17, but I'm not, I'm not even talking about competition. I'm just talking about the fact of how State looked unprepared. Mm-hmm. State looked completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. State looked like they didn't even show up until, you know, once Garrett Schrader got in the game, the offense started moving a little bit. You could see some signs of life. But by that point, it was 21 nothing. Yeah. I, I don't really know where to start. Uh, I, I know, again, it happens on this show. We, we become prisoners of the moment. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. But there is no other way to describe what just happened in Auburn other than just flat-out embarrassing. That's what it was. If you want me to point the finger at one thing and say what's causing all that, that's impossible to do because I don't I don't know where, where, where you point the finger at that. Do you point the finger at Bob Shoup, the defense? Do you point the finger at Joe Moorhead? Um, because, you know, when it, when it comes to things that I'm sure we'll talk about here in just a minute, when it comes to multiple penalties on the road and things like that, that's crap we've been seeing since last year. Hadn't been corrected. Getting a delay a game before the first second even ticks off the clock. Getting a delay a game before the punt a minute later. Um, all of that screams unpreparedness. All of the penalties and stuff just screams 
lack of discipline, which to me, uh, I mean, I know there's some onus on the players, but a lot of that's coaching, man, or uh, I feel like. Uh, there's so many things to kind of point at, and uh, I'm sorry, but I just can't point at one. So what's causing all that? All that's causing all that. All right. I can live with that answer. You're going to make me think top five most embarrassing. I, Maine, I don't know. That, that, that may Maine, be a stretch. Maine is on the list. Troy, 2001, is on the list. Um, even though it, the, the benefits of it. Em- embarrassing may not be the right word. Because yeah. getting, getting, there's no shame in losing that game Saturday. Right. There's no shame in losing to a, a seventh-ranked Auburn team on the road. Let me make that clear. I'm not saying – I mean, we predicted losses going over there. I think we predicted close losses. But we mm-hmm. predicted losses. Going, there's no shame – there's not even there's not even any shame if you get beat by a couple scores or something and and things don't go right. Brian, for that first half in particular, that was as just I mean, that looked like if Mississippi State played Alcorn or something. You know, that that, that looked like just a, a a top-tier SEC team against an FCS opponent. That's yeah. what that looked like for a half. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Towson was closer to Florida, right? I think that's right. Yeah. So, and and I'm I'm with you. I, I don't like to use the word inexcusable. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, is it really inexcusable? I mean, they're going to line up and play again here in two weeks. Just are. So I don't know about inexcusable, but that was close. You can't you can't run that product out there on the field week after week no. and expect that to continue. And and look, I think they know that. I don't. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. But, um, yeah, that that was. Here's one. That was putrid. All right. I'll let you have one. Well, Joel. Joel can't give you the spe- the the details. I can't ever say that word. It's like it comes out of specificism. <laughs> but I'm going to try to. All of the things that you're about to mention. Mm-hmm are probably encompassed in what's causing all that. Probably so. Because, so. friends, once again, here on a Monday, these are the things that are true. And I got a lucky 13 of them. So, let's start at the top. Sort of what Joel just said. The loss is not the issue. We all... Th- everybody thought that this game was going to lose. Let me find my, my, my Twitter. I, I, poll, you know, I did a poll on Friday of, you know... Ever like I do all the way? Who, who's going to win? Let's see. I, I haven't. I have not looked at it. Let's see here. Going through my tweets last night is uh, it's quite interesting. A <laughs> lot, lot, lot of anger in those tweets. Let's see here. I mean, you and I both picked losses, and then it was fifty-eight forty-two. So it's basically sixty forty about of eight hundred voters that state was going to lose, and I would believe that forty-two percent. There's a lot of hope in there. There's a lot more hope than belief, if that makes sense. So losing the game is not the problem. Not at all. No it's, shame at all in losing that game. It's how you lost the game. It's being down 21 nothing before you're even comfortable in your seat. It's, it's p- penalties. It's the lack of effort. It's your team captain getting tossed for a dumb targeting penalty. It's your head coach getting an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. It's the drop passes and the missed blocks and the missed tackles and the blown coverages. Every and the special teams errors. My God, the special teams errors that Joe Moorhead needed pointed out to him. My God, it was a total team defeat. 
There's one bright spot. We'll get to that in a minute. But that's it. You got, I'm going to use a word here, your ass handed to you. And they made you like it. You know, they basically said, if you wanted to stop it, do something about it. We're going to score until we're tired of scoring. And, and make no mistake that if they had wanted to, that game could have been 70. They could have put 70 or 80 up. They could have left. They could have kept throwing the football and stayed out had no, no chance to stop it. Gus Malzahn showed mercy. This game was 49 to 9. Yeah. Like early third quarter. It was 49 to 9, then it was 56 to 16 in the third quarter. And then Malzahn just, that's when he finally called off the dogs. <laughs> Man. Think about that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you saw like Jackie Sherrill's last year, where it was I mean, 21 nothing before you can blink. You know, you go down 14 nothing, you're going to make the change. Schrader's coming in. Oh, no, they fumbled the kickoff. You know, coming into this game, there was a lot of, before the game kicked off, a lot of folks that were interested in what was going to happen in Tuscaloosa. A lot of folks thought Alabama was going to do exactly what Auburn did to Mississippi State. A lot of folks thought Alabama was going to do that to Ole Miss. And eventually they kind of did. But I'm just saying, this, for all the people who are like, hey, Ole Miss is about to go to Tuscaloosa and get their butts handed to them, just watch, just watch, just watch. It was worse. Probably probably worse. Well, I mean, think about the Ole Miss game. That game was 7-7 in the fourth quarter. There was a moment for Ole Miss fans to say, Maybe we're in this thing. There was never a moment for Mississippi State fans from the first play. When there was a delay of game on the first play from scrimmage, you knew it was going to be same old, same old. Number two. In this world, there are talkers and there are doers. Joe Moorhead is a talker. Joe Moorhead loses a game, he comes out and talks to us, and it's the same thing. We've got to fix this. Here's a motivational speech. Here's something I got off of a calendar. Here's, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's the same thing every week. It's the same pre-snap penalties. It's the same undisciplined players. It's the same lack of organization. It's the same lack of a game plan. It's the same week after week. Nothing changes. Nothing gets done. We talk about it. We aren't about it. We don't be about it. That's fair. Uh, and I mean, when he when he came in last night, and we've said that before he came there, we were all saying, "He'll here's, have here's what's gonna here's what's gonna happen. happen. He's gonna say point the thumb, not the finger. He's gonna talk. He's gonna give us a uh, a quote or something, and it ended up being the was it the cologne of victory can't mask the stench of defeat. I mean, what I think was the stench of inefficiency. Whatever it is, it's it's it's, it's gobbledygook. It, it's you know, it's stuff that sounds great, but we haven't seen. We haven't seen it lead to anything. And at this point, I'm not saying that it won't eventually, that Joe Moorhead won't eventually be a successful head coach at Mississippi State. I'm not going to say that Mm -hmm. because he might. And y'all have heard me say many times I'm rooting for him to do that. But at this point, a year and um, basically a year and a half into his Mississippi State tenure, there is nothing you can hang your hat on that thinks that other than hope. Yeah, there's no logical reason to believe in Joe Moorhead. What have you seen on the field? We keep hearing, you know, standard and, and the, the culture's fine and mm-hmm. and, and we're going to do this and, and we're going to do less, that. Don't forget. And it might be, but right now all you got to hang your hat on that it's going to be a successful Joe Moorhead tenure at Mississippi State is hope. That's it. As words. That's all you Here, have. And here's the other thing. Remember that when Moorhead was hired, that the talk was – and he can't put, I'm sorry, he just can't put the horse back in the barn about good to great and about beating these kind of teams regularly. And you look further away from that. 
I mean, you beat Auburn last year, handled them pretty easily, and yeah, I expected a step back, and I expected to lose the game, but not to get embarrassed like that, not to get yeah. humiliated. That's what you were. Yeah, that, that, again, we've had these conversations before on this program. I don't know. I mean, you look at 100 and, what, 150, however many years Mississippi State's been playing football. You use that as the the basis to judge things on. The chances of a coach ever coming to Mississippi State and building it into a consistent national title contender, look, could it happen? I guess it could. But I'm not betting on that happening. I'm just, I'm just not. So I don't know that any coach ever could, could do that. And if they can, man, what a day that'll be to see. But it, it's not that Joe isn't elevating the program to that. It's the fact that you're getting these embarrassing losses again. Mm-hmm. They're coming more frequently. When State plays a good SEC team on the road, you have no chance. They're it getting seems like. they're getting blown out. Twenty-eight-seven, nineteen to three, twenty-four nothing, fifty-six twenty-three. Yeah, at least I, I, he, Joe Moorhead's the guy after Dan Mullen, so I guess he'll forever be compared to Dan Mullen. Yeah, I know Dan Mullen lost these games a lot of times, but you at least went in and thought there's a chance. You know, yeah. there, there's a you got a little, and then some. Often, sometimes it just didn't happen, and a lot of times it didn't happen when it was right. a good opponent. But, but I don't. There were very few times over the course of the previous eight nine years that state just got boat raced. Maybe playing Harris. Alabama, yeah. You know, like 2016 Alabama, and even then, that's kind of expected in yeah. that, that instance a yeah. little bit. The other thing to remember is this is I was explaining this to a friend. You can't follow disappointment with disappointment because that become now that. Turns into a trend. You're trending downwards when you do that. State last year, however you want to slice it, was disappointing. Eight and five was disappointing. And I've said a million times, if you just win the bowl game, nobody you could be having this kind of year and nobody's really that upset. But if you were nine and four, but you weren't, you're eight and five, you lost games you shouldn't lose, you, you were disappointing. And now you're disappointing again. That's not good. And oh, by the way, the Kentucky win doesn't look anywhere near as impressive. We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. That's 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 to be talked about. Okay. Number three, I'm sorry, Tommy. I'm sorry, man. I feel bad. All right? Yeah. You seem like a good kid, smart, got a good head on your shoulders, and I think you're a talented football player, but it's over. Mm-hmm. Garrett Schrader's got to be the quarterback going forward. Yep. He's got to be because he is the runner, and this offense needs that option. There was a game six years ago in Auburn, Alabama, when a man named Dakota Prescott started it, mm-hmm. and after that game – it was apparent that Mississippi State played better with Dak Prescott yeah. on the field. And they didn't make the change, and it cost them. It cost them wins. It was apparent last night yeah. that this team, for whatever reason, plays better when Garrett Schrader is on the field. And I know that may not be completely fair because Tommy's been hurt, and and when he was healthy those first six quarters, they looked great this year. I, and, I mean, you got to consider opponent and everything. I, yeah. I get that. But he did but, it. But Garrett Schrader has lit a spark under this team when he's been on the field yeah. offensibly. He's, he's, he's got to be the guy. He's got to be. It's just, it's just no other way. It, and it, here's the other thing that, to consider is people say, well, when Tommy's healthy, when is that? When's that going to be? Because we're going on four weeks now that he's been not healthy. That he was banged up in the Southern game. He got banged up again in the Kansas State game. He got banged up during practice week going into the, the Kentucky game. And now he got a leg injury in this game. When is he going to be healthy? The answer is that he's not. It's just time to move forward. It's time to move forward with Garrett Trader, which leads me into number four, thing that is true. 
The quarterback room continues to be the biggest mess ever. I mean, people were asking, why is Garrett Trader still in there? Who else is coming in? Logan Burnett? I don't think they're going to put Keaton in. We don't know if Jalen Maiden is suspended. I don't know if he dressed out last night. I don't know that we're being told 100% the truth on the whole Keaton Thompson thing. I, I, I agree with that 100%. I don't believe Keaton Thompson is going to play under any circumstances. I think State could go to a situation where Schrader, Stevens, Maiden, and Burnett all got hurt, and they would just wildcat snap at the Kylan. Got, got an upper body injury, right? And he's out there in warm-ups throwing 50-yard passes. Yeah. Something's, something's, something's not, something's clicking, not there. clicking there, and that's fine. I don't care. I just know that, that I think if we could go back in time, Moorhead would have just come out in the spring and said, like, we're going to have a competition between Thompson and Schrader and just not wasted time with Tommy Stevens. Not that, not that he's – again, I feel bad because I like Tommy Stevens. Yeah. You know, when he came in, I like his confidence. I like I, – I, he's an intelligent, smart guy. I think he's going to have a, a productive career in whatever he decides to do. Well, I threw out the Wally Pip thing a couple weeks ago on the show. It's happened. And that's exactly what's happened here. It's happened. I mean, it's it's no fault of Tommy's. He hadn't done anything wrong. It's just that, look, if I ever, if there's ever a point where I'm like, hey, Brian, I'm going to be out for a week, and you get a new co-host, and he comes and sits in this chair instead of me, and then all of a sudden you're number one in the iTunes rankings for a month straight or, or a week straight. He, I mean, I wouldn't blame you at all if you're like, Joel, I love you, but I'm going with this guy instead. Yeah. It's just life. Garrett Schrader has stepped into Tommy Stevens' role in his absence, and it's obvious the team, for whatever reason, seems to have responded to that. And to me, if you if you change that and you go back to Tommy, again, like you said, we keep saying it, nothing against Tommy Stevens, but to me that's foolish. To, to take the guy that apparently at this point the team's playing better and he gives you the – the best chance to win. Yeah. Because he is, as me and you've said many times, he's Nick Fitzgerald, but he throws better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he missed some throws last night, but I'm willing to let that slide. He's under a lot of pressure, and he's a true freshman. He'll get better. He'll get better. And he's a great runner, and he's a leader. It, it's well, guess be. who else missed some throws yesterday? Tua. Yeah. Tua missed a couple. They did. It happens. They did. So, got to move forward. Number five. Mississippi State continues to be a team with no plan. What is Mississippi State's offensive philosophy? What is it? Tell me what it is. Are they a running team? Are they a passing team? Do they want to work the deep passing game, the short passing game? Are they they don't play with any tempo? Are they an option team? What are they? What is the offense? What's the plan? There is no plan. I'm not answering because I don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah, there's no plan. They just go out there and play. They play. They call plays. Nothing's strung together. Nothing's done to set up something else. It just, it just, you know, it doesn't work. And they just keep putting it out there, and nothing changes. It goes back to what we're saying about being a talker. Nothing ever changes. I don't know what state's plan is. Well, maybe that's good gamesmanship. Because if you don't know what it is, then none of their opponents know what it is, bro. I don't know. I, I, I'm not the. I'm not the one that that needs to analyze what state's game plan appears to be. But from my very uneducated, unvery well, you know, not very well compensated uh, standpoint, mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you what the plan is. And then defensively, what's the plan? Last year, I knew what the plan was defensively. Jeffrey Simmons was going to eat up blockers, and that's going to free up Montez Sweat, and everybody else sort of worked in concert around that. That was the plan. What's the plan this year? You got no Simmons. So what have you done to counteract that? Are you more aggressive? Are you blitzing more? I don't see a lot more blitzing. You know? I don't know what the plan is. 
special teams, yeah. there's no plan. There's no plan for special teams. It's just God help us. That's all it is, special teams. There's no plan. I don't I don't know what this team is. I don't know what this team, what are we now, 18 games into his tenure, has no identity. No identity. No philosophy. Nothing you can point to. They're not particularly tough. They're not particularly hard-nosed. They're not particularly smart. What are they? They, they don't have any identity whatsoever. You don't know what you're going to get out of week to week. No, you don't. You just don't. You, you have don't. no idea. This team could come out next Saturday and, and smash Tennessee 40 to nothing, and I wouldn't be just throw my hands up. Number six, you know what the worst three words in the English language are to me right now? Go for it. Check with me. Check with me. My God. You have the ball on the six-inch line. <laughs> it's, it is literally... A fly's butt away from the goal line. Oh, by the way, they're re- reviewing the previous play, so you've got time here. You got time. How is it not just, hey Garrett? Even if you don't, if you don't want to go under center, don't go under center. I don't care. But snap the ball to your six foot five quarterback and have him leap over the top. That's the play. Drew Brees can do it, and he's a little guy. That's the play every time. And instead, they get on the line, they look around, and then it's check with me. What are we looking at? What's be, what is being discussed in that time frame that we're not just going to plunge it directly into the end zone? That's the only call. We're going to plunge it directly. And I, you remember last year with, with Fitzgerald? I don't, I'm not saying Schrader goes four times into the middle, but the first time that's what you're doing. And you're probably going to get it. But instead it's check with me. Oh, now we've got a false start because we had to check with me. And now we're gonna we're gonna try to run a quarterback power, I think, off the tackle, and he goes airborne, and the ball's out. And so, not that it was a game change. I mean, it's what twenty eight nine at that point, but it would have been twenty eight seventeen. I think that's the right score. I could be wrong. It could have been thirty five. I don't know. I, I mean, I've lost track of how Auburn kept scoring. Yeah, I think it was thirty five. But, but it, you even here's the thing: at thirty five seventeen. You can at least make the comment, if we get a stop on the first drive and can get the ball back, we have a chance to get back in this game. But you don't do that because you had to check with me, and now it's 42-9. to Oh, because, you know, on the ensuing defensive possession, your team captain gets thrown out of the game for a targeting play on an incomplete screen pass, and that gives them a first down, and they go down and score. With contact that could have so easily been avoided. He just went after him. He just took a shot at him. I saw people arguing, was it targeting, was it not targeting? I don't care. It doesn't matter. He had no business touching him. It was stupid. (laughs) That was your team captain out there making that play. It's unbelievable. The last guy I would have expected. You know? But the check with me is it's insane. If, I said up in the, in the press box. I said if MSU ever just came to the line and snapped the ball, they'd get a they'd get a touchdown because nobody would ever expect them to do that. It's check with me every time. We're going to look over the sidelines. We're going to take the clock down. There's no tempo to this offense. There's no there's no pace. It it, it looks really easy to defend. I got to be totally honest with you. It looks a, a well disciplined defense eats this alive every time. And you see it. You saw it at LSU. You saw it at Alabama. And you saw it last night with Auburn. And you saw it with Kentucky last year. Good defense, and Florida. Good defenses eat this offense alive. Because you're, 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 it seems like the, the whole premise is to count on mistakes 
So what happens if the defense doesn't make a mistake? What if they play their assignments correctly? You're just screwed. You're just screwed. So check with me. Not a fan. (laughs) I'm just not a fan of it. All right. Number seven. Somebody tweeted this. I think I saw it on some message boards, and I've decided I agree with it. Not playing Gay, Autry, and the rest of those guys signaled to the team an expectation to lose. We'll never know the real answer to that. I mean, it's not like we can walk up. I mean, I guess we could. I guess you could walk up to an Errol Thompson. Well, you, you probably wouldn't walk up to Errol Thompson this week. I don't know that we'll get to talk to him this week. But uh, I guess you could walk up to a, a, a player or a captain or something and be like, hey, since the Smitty guys didn't play, y'all just kind of feel like y'all were punting the game? I, I'm, I'm going to guess nobody really asked that question. But it did seem to indicate that it seemed to indicate to me that the coaches thought there was another game down the line that they could help more in kind of thing. So that would seem to indicate that they thought this was a game that they couldn't win. Mm-hmm. And and to be fair, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago on the show, I think I said Auburn was a game that you might need to punt because yeah. you needed to play them in, in, in the Tennessee game and you needed to play them in the games that you just well, had we, we to have. We thought Arkansas was going to be one of those, but I don't know if I believe that anymore. So my thought was either this or A&M. Now, if you don't play them against A&M and you play them against Arkansas, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad. doesn't make any sense. But that said, I get the feeling that, I mean, when you find out those guys aren't playing, it, what does it say? You know, you played them last week because you're like, this is a game we got to have, guys. we gotta need, we going to need to be at full strength. This week... Are you saying you just thought you could beat them without them? No, you're not saying that. And here's something else, by the way. And this is this, and there's another one down there that goes back to what Moorhead's doing and undisciplined. Why is Willie Gay at Starkville High School football games? Why is that happening? Proud, proud yellow jacket alone. That's great, but and to be fair, you he, have been he, suspended for be, your own stupidity. To be fair, he's not the only one that's been going. to That's fine. Game. All of them. Yeah, you need to tell those guys. I would have a, a trainer or somebody stay behind and be like, we're, we're, we're sitting here tonight. You're not going out. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He's out there, you know, letting everybody look at him. Just stay home. That's, un, that's part of being undisciplined. He's not, he's not upset that he got himself suspended. If he was, he wouldn't show his face. I wouldn't. If this was me, I'd be like, I don't want people looking at me. Now, maybe I'm just different because I'm old. And I'm an old man, but I just don't get that. I don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push one up here because this was 10, but we'll, we'll, since we're hitting on this, number, we'll make this number 8. Stephen Guidry shushing the crowd down 21-6 should have had him on the bench. Yeah. Should have been. First off, if you bench Stephen Guidry, Guidry, what happens? You, 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 less drops? What happens? Do you really lose production? No, you do not. 21 nothing. he catches a touchdown pass, and he shushes the crowd. Come on, man. That's That's embarrassing. That's undisciplined. There, there's been a whole, you know, from from the going to the Starfield High game, from the shushing of the crowd to the to the personal foul penalties. To there's been so much, you know, what's causing all that? Let's go back to that. What's causing all that is there's a, not a lot going on between the ears sometimes on this team, and and I don't know why. You know, I don't. There are just so many stupid things. I think you've said the word, you know stupid earlier but so many stupid things have happened shushing the crowd when you when you just scored and it's 21-6 no by the way your kicker runs out there and misses the PAT right after you shush the crowd uh 
You, you just can't do that, man. That's, that's, that's irresponsible. I don't know what word you want to use, but I don't know. I, there, there's so much about this team that just makes you want to throw your hands in the air. There, there's no explanation for it. And I, to me, it, it continually... I know that the players bear some bear a lot of responsibility for their own actions, but I mean the guys that are making the millions of dollars to coach these guys have got to be the ones held responsible to reel them in, you know, and, and kind of limit these stupid mistakes. And yeah, stupid but that's things, not happening. That's not happening. So. I mean, you got the coach himself getting an unsportsmanlike. Yeah, I mean that's you don't see that very often, but it is what it is. Number eight, I know they lost a lot of starters. I know, and I know that suspensions have cost you some key players. But there's no excuse for the defense to be this bad. Bo Nix coming in this game was a 54% passer. Yeah. And he went for 335 yards and two touchdowns. And, I mean, he had guys wide open. Wide open. Nobody within five, six yards of some of these guys. I mean, complete bust in coverage. Starting to look like Cam Dantzler might be back next year. Uh, yeah, he'll be back. Uh, yeah. It's funny, we were talking all this stuff about, oh, Willie Gake. No, 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 those guys are going. They'll all be back. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, if you, if you want to consider that to be good news from all this, well, there you go. Just just gave you a little sunshine, I guess, that yeah. you, you can count on some of those guys to be back next year. But did we just – did we just completely undersell how big of a loss it was to lose three first-round picks? And, oh, by the way, you didn't just lose three first-round picks. You lost Gary Green, and yeah. you lost Braxton Hoyette and, and Corey I think, Thomas. I think we did. I think we did undersell it. Why did, why did we do that? I mean, well, why, why were we so stupid to think that this defense could lose three well, first-round NFL guys plus the depth that they lost and not take too big of a step back? Why did we ever think that? Because – I think we first off when we when we first started talking about it we didn't we didn't know about the suspensions and I think the defense would be better with Murphy Autry and, and Willie Gates that's fair they would be better and by the time that we found out that these things were happening it was too late to go back on those things go back on those predictions and but that said you know the younger guys haven't developed as quickly as you would like the, especially the defensive tackles Crumbity and Lovett I mean they're they're coming along but they're just not ready yet and you know part of that is on Mullen. No doubt for the you know lack of recruiting here and there, but you got to you know you got to deal with the hands that you're dealt, and you got to be better. And maybe you know if that's the case, why didn't you go out in last year's class and get a couple of JUCO defensive tackles to give yourself a little experience? You know these are things you know. And here's the other thing about that is, I mean it's just it just goes back to not having a plan. There's no plan. There's just it's just action. You know, it's talk, 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 and then we we have to do something because there's games to be played and there's players to sign and all that good stuff. But nothing is connected. No dots are connected. There, there's no clear plan of action that I see. Now, there could be one, but we don't get to see it, and we, it certainly doesn't show up in the results. Number 10. It's more of a question, but how many games in a row are you going to make a, let a special team's mistake happen before you make a change? And don't tell me you can't fire the guy in the midseason. Because Rutgers hired, fired their head coach today. They fired the head coach. The top dog. Yeah. You can get rid of a special teams coach. How many games in a row, and it's five now, that is there going to be a glaring special teams error, and you're just going to say, well, what can, throw up your hands, what can you do? 
What can you do? How many games? What, what's, what's the number? Six, seven, 10, 12? Is it going to be here next year? 15, 20? How many games in a row are you going to let it happen? Yeah. Now, I mean, how many, do you, how, do you how, think how many columns in a row could you write with a glaring error in them before they said, Joel, that's enough? <laughs> oh, it's good. I mean, you make a solid point. Thing is, though, is it one of those deals where, I mean, let's say they fire him. You convinced that the next week special teams is just magically better? No, but I don't know. Probably not. Probably too late at this point, but I at that point and I'm not saying that it wouldn't be considering the performances we've seen on special teams, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be fair to do so, but I just don't know if that doesn't come off as we just gotta find a scapegoat kind of deal. So but here's the thing. When you're the coach, you are the scapegoat. When your players – look, if, if it's just one guy, keep screwing up, bench that guy and be done with it. But it's every guy. You're fumbling kickoff returns. You, you, you're, you're not covering punts correctly. You have a delay of game on a – we didn't even talk about that. A delay of game on a punt. What are we looking at? Pump the ball. Snap it and punt it. Let's go. Check with me. Check with me on this punt. <laughs> It's fourth and sixteen from our own twenty-two yard line. Check with me. We might want to. We might want to. You know, go another way with that. It's insane. It's every week you're missing. Neck, you're missing kicks. You 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 have kick return issues. Every week it's something different. That is coaching. I can't be any clearer on that one. I just can't. Number eleven. Other than Abilene Christian, I'm not willing to say anything is even a probable win. This team could go to lose lose at Tennessee. They could lose to Arkansas. They could lose to Ole Miss. They could very easily lose those games. Mm-hmm. They could just as easily win them. But to sit there and say, oh, we're going to beat? No. That doesn't exist with this team. There is no, oh, we're going to beat. Unless you're talking about Abilene Christian. They're going to beat them. It goes back to what I said earlier. You don't know what this team is week to week. There's no consistency. There's no... To use your verbiage, there's no clear plan. <laughs> you just don't know what you're going to get week to week. Uh, I, this is going to – this whole – so far, a year and a half into the Joe Moorhead tenure, it's nothing but a roller coaster. You know, you think you're about to be at a high, and then whoop, you're right back down again. You know, you're climbing, climbing, climbing. You know, you, like last year, you get a big win over Auburn, you know, you beat A&M, you're climbing, 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 uh, then whoop, you drop off the cliff again. Uh, it's, you don't know week to week. And you're right. I, I think the rest of the season, there's seven games left, and outside of Abilene Christian, anything could happen in, in the other Well, let me rephrase that. LSU and Alabama, I don't know that anything could happen in those games. I think those are going, I think we, we could sit here today and, and, and pretty well declare what's going to happen in those games. But, you know, A&M. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, your guess is as good as mine what we're going to see in those games. Yeah. No clue. Yeah. And I mean, State could win, lose. Four option games. Four all, out, four all option. of them. Yeah. All of them. All of them. I would say it would surprise the heck out of me if Arkansas blew out Mississippi It State. would, but I mean, would it? Would it really? I just don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, right now, when we get to it, when I'm talking about predictions, I'll predict State to beat Arkansas unless something incredible happens in the next couple weeks. But nothing's going to surprise me at this point. 
Number 12, something Joel hit on earlier. Things that happened this week make MSU look worse. Kentucky got manhandled by South Car- by a bad South Carolina team. Kansas State did not look good against Oklahoma State. So State's loss doesn't look good, and State's win last week doesn't look good. Who is State beaten? I mean, I understand we're in the part of the year where nobody's played anybody, but State really hasn't played anybody. And I mean, they, now to their credit, they they won three of those games. Not like they're losing them all, but right now, I mean, this is this is just a mediocre football team, top to bottom. Here's where I want to try and I don't know if it's sunshine or just sprinkle in some reality. But coming into this year, I think we said over the summer even that seven and five this year and a seven and five and go to a bowl game somewhere was acceptable, right? Yeah. And this and that's where you still are. And you're still there. You are still right there. Because let's be honest, I know we just said that anything could happen in those games. But still, if we had to pick it today, I think you and I would both pick State to beat Tennessee. Yeah. I think you and I will both pick State to beat Abilene Christian and Arkansas and Ole Miss. They're seven. Yeah. Right there. And, again, you never know what you're going to get out of this team. I don't think they're going to play well on the road because under the Joe Moorhead tenure, they haven't played well on the road. But A&M doesn't look like some world beater that right. you couldn't go over there and beat. No, you're right. So if you happen to get all those, then you're 8-4. and four. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen either, but it's not outside the realm of possibility here. Um, so I guess all that to say, for all the consternation there is today, for all the what-the-heck-are-we-doings and for all the, the Joe Moorhead bashing and the Bob Shoot bashing and the player bashing and the what-the-heck going to happen. and For all that, 7-5, and 8-4 and four still on the table. Yeah. It, it really is. It's <laughs> crazy to say that, but it is. It's 100. It goes back to number one. The loss is not the issue. The, the, the loss is not the issue. Yeah, everybody probably thought State was going to be 4-1 this, at this point, but 3-2, and two, they've dropped one they shouldn't have. If they win the ones they should the rest of the way, they'll be seven and five. I almost made this thing true, but right now, whatever the over is when LSU and State and Alabama play State, take it. Whatever the over is. Because if it's 60, those two teams could get it by themselves. By themselves. Number 13. This one's going to hurt y'all. It may hurt some people to hear. But Joe Moorhead's going to be Mississippi State's coach in 2020. He is going to be the head coach. Do you think there's really people out there who think he's not going to be? Yes. It's small. It's not even that vocal, but it exists. It exists. You know, I the word deserve is a strong word. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if he finishes the way we think he's going to, even if he, let's say six and six in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I know that at that juncture, there would be a more of a, a vocal presence for, for him not being here next year. Mm-hmm. But there's no way if he gets his team to a bowl game, especially, that there's even internal discussions of him being fired. It would depend on one thing. At if he lost six, to Ole Miss. If he lost to Ole Miss. Um, but, yeah, that, there's – outside of him just losing every game the rest of the way or something like that, even then, do you think if Joe Moorhead goes Abilene Christian in, in five or whatever, the, you know, Abilene Christian in six the rest of the way, do you think he's fired at that point? So that state would be four and eight? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. I don't think he would either. No. And God, right now, I think we talked about it in the press box last night, but I don't envy MSU marketing because next year's home schedule is just brutal. It's if you haven't seen it, this is the, these are the home games, seven of them: New Mexico State, 
Tulane, uh, Alabama A&M, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Auburn. Yeah. Who's who's buying those tickets? Who's spending thousands to come to that? With and, with no with no hope. And here's where I'll again. I think I did this a week or two ago. I'll defend Joe Moorhead a little bit in saying that there there are still a lot of things that have happened this year that that are outside of Joe Moorhead's control. From the the Tudor Gate thing, I know it happened under his watch, but you can't blame him for that. I, I maintain that. I don't think you can blame Joe Moorhead for Tudor Gate. You can't blame Joe Moorhead, I don't think, for the fact that Tommy Stevens has come in and, and just continually stays hurt and the fact that now you're relying on a, a really talented, but you're still relying on a true freshman quarterback. When you start piecing all of these things together, um, you could make a case to how this season is just kind of a a train wreck anyway, and so you, he needs to have one, at least one more clean year to see if he can get the train rolling kind of deal. Um so yeah, I don't. I don't think that there's any. I don't think there's much of any chance whatsoever that he's not the head coach in 2020. Uh, and if there's anybody that was thinking that, well, you best get ready because yeah. he's going to be gonna here. He's going to be the head coach, no and, question. And, and I still think that. And you may disagree. I, I think he needs a third year. I don't know if he needs into third year. I just know that he's going to get one. I, I just I maintain there's just been so much that you can't. And now, granted, there's some things that he can't control that. In a lot of things that we saw on Saturday, yeah. stuff that he could control that didn't look like it was getting fixed. So I can understand arguments both ways, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I just don't think that for as bad and for as roller coastery as it's been, I don't think that it's been bad enough that you give him the boot after year two yet. No, I agree with that. But there are people. Who, I, there are people who think it and want it, but it's not going to happen. All right, on to other topics. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. For the MSU portion of this, I'm going to do it a little easier. Make it a little easier on myself. Garrett Trader is the only one who's allowed to have coffee. Nobody else gets coffee. From the, you take the whole roster, the whole coaching staff... Garrett Trader can have coffee. Nobody else can. That's completely fair. I mean, because when you talk about a game where there was only one bright spot, he was literally the only bright spot all game long. I mean, that guy, I'm interested to see uh, how his career progresses. I know we, we said this the other day, but he is a contender to be the most popular guy, you know, the next Dak kind of deal. Like he He's that kind of electric guy that, that people just love to watch. And we're just in, in a, you know, four games into Schrader's career. I, I'm really interested to see where it goes. But you're right. Nobody else gets coffee. Garrett Schrader. You go, can have coffee. Go get you some Joe, buddy. Joe, coffee. Not the coach. There you go. Uh, in, the, in the SEC, really only one other option for me. Because, I mean, Ole Miss, say what you want. I thought they played okay. They showed some some promise here and there. But that said, uh, Kentucky. N- no coffee for Kentucky. Uh, I, I know Sawyer Smith's hurting. And I don't think it matters for Stoops this year. Losing Terry Wilson sort of gives him a, you know, a, a 
ex, there's no heat on him. You know, they won 10 games last year. They're not going to fire him or anything like that. But And they just got handled by a bad South Carolina team. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. So That's a big win for Muschamp, too. That was. It keeps them in the bowl picture a little bit. You know, They still have to play A&M, Georgia, and uh, Clemson. So there's three more losses coming for them. I don't know about A&M. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know that for sure. A&M was very close to this. So close. Nationally, there wasn't like a big upset or anything. So I went with Rutgers. Uh, firing your coach midseason. The, the move to the Big Ten was just not a good one. It was just not. I understand they're making a lot more money. But is it really worth it? I saw a great stat yesterday. Since Rutgers has joined the, the Big Ten, there have been 19 shutouts. Rutgers getting shut out was nine of those 19. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, you talk about we're talking about state and we're we're not happy and this that and the other. That's a program with no hope. Is I mean, is there a scenario that exists for Mississippi State to win the SEC? There actually is, right? Now it definitely involves Alabama and Saban probably having to leave. But if you told me in like 10 years State wins the SEC because Saban's gone and things have sort of balanced out a little bit, I can totally buy that. There is no scenario for Rutgers to win the Big Ten. There's just It's just not. They would need too many programs to fall off. So, there you go. All right. Tomorrow's show. I don't have much Rutgers analysis. Yeah, I don't to know. That's fine. So, no coffee for Rutgers, though. You see who their new coach is? I don't know his last name. It doesn't matter. His first name is Nunzio. I tweeted at uh, Bunky Parker's like, is Big Sal and Jack Victory going to be on the staff? <laughs> the FBI. I'm doing the, I'm doing the thing with my hands. Uh, so, All right, tomorrow's show. No, no Moorhead press conference tomorrow. Um, but, so, I don't know. We, you know. we won't have any of that to discuss, but we'll have plenty of other stuff to discuss. Plus, we'll do our SEC picks. Uh, and then this week, we're going to do things a little differently this week. I talked about it on the Periscope. With the bye week, I think we'll talk a little basketball this week, a little women's basketball, a little baseball. And one other thing, just go ahead and a little housekeeping. We're going to push the rumblings back one day. So uh, we're going to do, because we're going to do baseball, we're going to talk some baseball on our Thursday show. So give your questions to us on Wednesday for Thursday show, or for Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon for Thursday show. All right? Um, I'm, I'm, we, we might have some more housekeeping to do. We can do it off air, though. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that housekeeping. <laughs> Elsewhere. All right, guys. Oh, we don't have to discuss life on the on air. <laughs> Correct. Have a great. What's the day? Whatever I'm the for? day is. Monday. Monday. Yeah. Back with you on Tuesday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Light on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.